2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. One of the frustrating things I learned about this new life in Jesus was that I had worked so hard to build up myself for so many years and discovered I wasn't that good. But in my mind, all those years of life where I was trying to achieve, build myself up, promote, climb the ladders of success, which seemed to have given me at least a little justification for feeling like I was somebody, was in fact a total deception. Because I was now learning that I had no idea who I was created to be. My version of myself was very different than God's plan for me, I discovered. And I had to start coming to terms with reality, and that meant I needed to take a hard look at myself and realize I didn't know how to live a life that pleased God. And Jesus was having a conversation with a religious leader in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, where this topic of becoming the person God had created us to be came up. The religious leader or Pharisee named Nicodemus was a very influential leader among the people, and contrary to many of his peers, he wanted to meet with Jesus personally and try to understand who Jesus really was and what did that mean for him. John 3 verse 2, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And this idea of being born again or literally born from above was something new to the Pharisee. Pharisees emphasized knowing and obeying the law of Moses to a very stringent and unnecessary degree. Keeping the law of Moses was all about the external things, not the heart, and that was Jesus' point. To be born from above means you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, not merely present with you. And when this happens to a person, their lives become different. And in some cases, the change begins instantly. For others, like me, it's a slower process that I wasn't really sure about until the point I could no longer deny that the Holy Spirit was in me. I now knew it. But the problem with humans is that we are so dependent on our natural thinking that when the supernatural comes into our lives, we often put up our guard and try to stop that work that the Lord is doing in us for a number of reasons. It's weird, which it is. It's uncertain what God's up to. It's not comfortable, etc. Read Exodus chapter 3 and put yourself in Moses' shoes. He wanted nothing to do with God shaking up his life and thrusting him into a crazy plan that Moses didn't believe he was capable of doing. But after a tune-up, Moses agreed to the challenge, and God gave Moses a sign that would confirm Moses' calling and the purpose in the kingdom of God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, he said, But I will be with you, and this will be the sign for you that I have sent you out. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And that happened. Moses was successful in his role God called him to do, and the sign of that promise came to pass, just like God said it would. And Moses would go on and become a great leader among the people. But his journey with the Lord started off with skepticism, doubt, unbelief, reluctancy, and very close to outright rebellion. And in our lives as believers, this can be totally the case with us. 
But when a person begins to actually follow and obey the Lord and read their Bibles to get some kind of idea what all this is about, then they will often come across a passage like Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, where it says, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And that may sound very discouraging. Do I have to lose my life? Do I have to die? Maybe. The odds of a person dying at some point in their life is pretty good. But realistically, if we lose our lives for his sake, it means that my old life is now no longer applicable. Rather, the new life in Christ, where the Holy Spirit is running the show, is now my new life. I am now a follower of Jesus or a quote-unquote Christian, even though many people claim that title and don't follow Jesus. But at that point where that epiphany happens, where, man, the Holy Spirit is in me, I know God, I'm seeing it, now we can see things more clearly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Out with the old and in with the new. The passing away of the old, unredeemed person to make room for the new redeemed person must occur. We must lose our lives permanently. That means losing those things in our life that are offensive to God, but it also means we now understand God's will for our lives is a better option, so we follow God. And oftentimes we don't have the information, we just know, hey, I need to do what God says. He's not giving me the game plan here, he's just saying, turn right, and I'm like, what? I don't want to turn right. Yep, turn right. And this is not just simply a one-time event where we come to that place where we know God, it's a lifestyle that lasts our entire lifetime putting off the old man or woman and putting on the new continues on through life. It's not a one-time deal. But what about relationships? Should we put off relationships with people that drag us down and pursue those relationships where people build us up in our faith? And I believe the answer could be yes or no, the deciding factor being the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Family relationships can be a real challenge when you get saved. And we as believers are supposed to be the light of the world, according to Jesus. So being around our family is our opportunity to be that light and love them as Jesus loved them. And if you don't have love for them, ask God to fill you with his supernatural love, which is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And that's Romans 5, 5. That's how you get the love for him. If we choose to always ignore our family because they're not believers, thinking that, you know, look, we don't want to subject our children to drunks and loud, vulgar mouths. And I totally get that because not only do I have family members who are like this, I used to be like this myself. And that was a challenge for us raising kids, but we have a good extended family that loves us and they're not believers. And many events ended up with some of them getting pretty lit and acting really stupid in front of our kids, but we use that as a springboard for biblical teaching. And because we don't trash our family members behind their backs, our kids understood that we genuinely loved them, and they saw that love exhibited. But they also got a lesson in what worldliness looks like in a somewhat safe environment, and it paid off. And it didn't prevent our kids from venturing into worldliness, but now they're safe in their marriage, and Jesus is welcome in their homes. They saw the worldliness, and they're like, yeah, I don't think I want to go down that road. What about those relationships where your good friends turn out to be a drag upon your life and you don't want to kill the friendship, but you don't want to be around them anymore? And I believe the best way to approach this issue is to put it to prayer and wait for an answer. The reason being, God knows a lot more about our friends than we do. And sometimes we're the only light they have in their lives. And some friendships, because the friends are needy, can leave us feeling like a water reservoir that they suck dry and never attempt to fill it up. 
and I've had a few of these. I poured out a lot of time, encouragement, prayer, bought lunch, coffee, etc. And what I got seemed to be very little in return, so I was irritated. But I have found something interesting in these types of relationships. It's an opportunity. If we are serving the Lord faithfully, and this person who is more of a parasite than a friend continues draining me, then I just continually praise God in their presence and I pray for them. Try to be a godly example to them. Eventually, they'll get tired of it and they'll fall away and that's on them. I want to be a witness to them first. I want them to see Jesus in me. And I don't want to put up with a lot of their nonsense, but a lot of times I need to put up with their nonsense. Because again, I may be the only light in their lives. So this whole thing starts with our willingness to allow that old life to pass away, to make room for the new life. And I think one of the greatest passages in the scriptures regarding this is Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 verse 1, If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, uncircumcised and circumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if someone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. We must first understand there's no real room for our old life, no matter how good we think it is. It's not fit for the kingdom of God because God is not honored in our old life. So we have a choice to make. Let go of the old or stay in that place of half-hearted religion, which is miserable. Letting go of our old life continually opens that door for the new life to begin. And although it may be difficult and frustrating, God will never ask you to give up something he is not willing to replace with something better. So let go and be blessed. Thank you.